Welcome into TFW Live, the best kept secret football, where we are bringing that week one feeling all year long. I'm Austin Sear, and joined here by my best friends, Big Travi and Johnny Game Time Hicks. Here, ushering a very special episode of TFW. We've got episode 300. Are you not entertained? Yes. Yeah, I mean... Great, uh, great shout out there to Gladiator, but also Leonidas uh, is the man in 300. But we, we love it. We'll we'll do it either <laughs> way. Roman in in some aspect, uh, one way or the other. I love it. 300, man. Let's do it. Wait, are you just like? Are you like nuance grilling my exclamation on this one? Like I, I, a little like, bit. Oh, I'm a sorry. I'm a, it was. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm <laughs> yeah, no, it like, movie. well, it did kind of sound like you were underwater. Uh, yeah, awesome a for, little bit. It's fixed now, bit, but, but now it amazing. sounds good. Now you sound underwater. Clear. Wrong movie references. My goodness, what <laughs> an incredible start we've got yes. going here to yeah. episode 300. Yes, there we go. We got to go ahead. Sparta. This is TFW, where we've got a group of newest YouTube members that we are very excited to welcome in to the deeper level of the orbit here in Whisper Nation. Got a lot of great updates coming for you. Badges, emojis, fun shit. Really excited about that. Thank you so much, Jersey J, Donnie Tubbs. Hannimal, a.k.a. Hannimal. It's Chris Hannon. Eric Lorenzen. Love you, buddy. Very excited to grow the community here with you, Whisper Nation, and everybody in the chat. Jersey J, Ronald Calla, Albert coming in. Anthony, a.k.a. Rasta, friend of the show, man. Great to have you back with us. Classic Mike. It's classic. Pizza Belly, of course. Man, I got to scroll all the way up here to keep Scott. We got Scott back in the show. And I'm very excited, actually, speaking of back to the show, very excited to be joining our boy, the one and only Alex Strofe. You know Ooh. him from TFW, where we bring him out of the cellar every once in a while. The Palace. Oh, no, I'm kidding. You know him from Madison's own ESPN. Alex, man, how you doing, dude? Guys, episode 300 confetti for everybody. Green oh, and yellow thank confetti. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there you make that on the fly. I sure did. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that indeed just happened. A couple post-it notes just uh, shredded on my desk now. So thanks for the mess, Johnny. Uh, but guys, congratulations. Absolutely. Episode 300. I'm so proud of you guys. Thanks, I man. Think, I think this is my fifth appearance or sixth appearance. I think I've been a part of like 1%. So I don't think that math adds up, actually. But yeah. nonetheless, a, you are a nuanced show. For equity strofe right there. Was that? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think he wants 1%. it well known that he's a friend of the show. It's well, it uh, is yeah. well known. Friend of two of people on the show. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. To dude, my you right. don't have to. You don't have to talk about Big Travi that way, dude. Like oh, I yeah. told you. Oh my yeah. God, I love the optimism that we bring, not just to our fantasy football takes, but to our relationships here. And hey, Whisper Nation, if maybe you're not a part of Whisper Nation, but you want to be a part of a community mm. where you know that you belong. Consider hitting that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel, which you're probably watching on here. We're trying to get just one more subscriber added from this stream. Just one more could be you. And if you are new to the channel, we got about 20 folks tuning in right now. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We'll shout you out live on air. We'd love to do that and keep growing this. Strofe, thank you again for joining us. It's Jokes aside, you're one of our favorite human beings on earth. We're Mm. always stoked to talk ball with you. Green Bay Packer fan down in Wisconsin. Love it so much. There we go. It is what it is. 
We haven't yet gotten a chance to do with you, though, our roundtable of questions, yeah. the rapid fire oh, questions a little bit. We're going to jump into these ones here so the audience can get to know you just a little bit better. Travis, take it away. Yeah. What year did you start playing fantasy football, Alex? Uh, 2007, it would have been, right? That's the year. No, that was the year after Sean. So 2006, the year Sean Alexander won the MVP. Pat, me and my go. dad shared a team. He was on our team. Great year. I think we took second place, though, unfortunately. But yeah, that's uh, so it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. Just ask Big Travi. Uh, do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Uh, my NFL team. Uh, I was born and raised in Green Bay. I'm a huge Packers fan. Um, and I have this issue, guys, and maybe it's not an issue in this community. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys think. I did eight year, leagues last year. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I mean, I, I think I got to cut that back a little bit, maybe down to like five or six. You're I on the track eight teams. You're on the wrong show to be asking that. We're a bunch yeah. of sickos, dude. We Bro, we had like somebody like three weeks ago who like with no, no, yeah. no glitch in their face. 40? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So like I remember Scott and he was in the listener league last year with us, obviously. And he was in like 25. Oh, I don't, if yeah. I yeah he loves to him. tell you how many he's in. Oh yeah. yeah. He, told, yeah. He, he, yeah. he reminded us just about every week. I mean, you, so you notice he but. never, he never comes back in at the end of the year and tells you how much he won. Shout us out. If you do have a final win total on this one, Scott, Alex, favorite fantasy football player all time? Uh, Sean Alexander. Uh, yeah, the right. guy that got me into it. Uh, I got his jersey, the year he won MVP. I think Madden 07 is the greatest Madden of all time. That's the one he's the cover Adam on the cover. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm a big That's- Sean Alexander guy for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I would go with him. Uh, otherwise, Johnny's lookalike, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's just a little biased, though. Well, you know, Sean Alexander's the Holmgren connection. It's It's got some Green Bay ties to it a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go there. We can pull strings. Uh, how about a fantasy player that's burned you the most? Oh, Devontae Parker, Miami. Uh, mm, oh, I, I think I've drafted him the last four years, and it's been uh, a drag every year. So Devontae Parker's the answer. Yeah, that was, that was the guy. That was the one I was probably the most wrong on. I thought he was going to be a superstar, guys. Uh, that just has not happened yet. A lot of people did, so you're not the only one. It happens. It happens. Uh, what is your favorite draft memory? Oh, uh, the first time I did an in-person draft, uh, I was at a local bar just in the shadow of Lambeau field. Uh, I was way too young to be in a bar, um, and running a league nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it it was, it was a blast. Uh, now I do obviously a few in-person drafts every year, but the the first time I did one, it was like, holy shit, this is so much fun. You know, that's, that's when I was definitely hooked. Alex, what's a sound that you love? A sound that I love? Uh, bacon sizzling. Uh, <laughs> I like that I love one. A good, I love a good bacon sizzle. How's that for an answer? But yeah, that's, that's a, a great answer. Yeah, that's Favorite answer. swear word? Uh, probably shit. Yeah. Second person. Well, I, I, one up. I already used it today. So uh, on the podcast. So I figured. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd there you go. Yeah. yeah. Most exciting fantasy football moment. Oh, uh, unfortunately, I have a lot more heartbreak than exciting. Um, that question's coming up. I, 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 I won a league with A.J. Dillon as my RB1 last year. Um, yeah. It was that bad. It was th- yeah. My team was that bad. And he I will be an RB1 game. this year. So. Uh, maybe. Man, maybe. Put in your books, dude. Put in your oh, notes. I, I like it, Johnny. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're an idiot. I actually kind of <laughs> like that one, which I might do a few other times. Good time. We'll be here for like an yeah, hour. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, favorite, yeah. favorite game day beverage? 
Um, beer of any sort, probably a spotted cow, right? I got yeah, there you go. Very on brand. Yeah, I'm drinking Miller Lite tonight, but yeah, spotted cow. Oh, yeah, cheers <laughs> to that. Uh, best movie theater snack, popcorn, a lot of butter. Kickoff like is in so much butter. Just so, do you like take the straw and stick it in the into the thing and press the button? I know I sure do. <laughs> Kickoff's in two minutes, Alex. Yep. You're still deciding your flex. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? I go with my gut, and it always burns me. It always burns me, right? Like, uh, you, you guys bring out a lot of really smart people in this program, right? Like, we saw the mock draft marathon. You got all these, like, league-leading experts on here. And then you got this guy who takes, like, ninth place out of 12 teams every year. So I appreciate the platform. But, uh, yeah, I go with my gut, but it burns me. So I probably should hey, go with the rankings. Struff, we're here for the culture, man. Everybody plays yeah. fantasy, not Everybody. just these experts, all right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do this. What is your favorite position? And this might be – what do you think right now going in? I don't know if you've done any mock drafts yet, Strofe. We usually are, we usually kick off the season for you. Yeah, that's uh, true. So w- when you're looking at it, what is, what is your favorite position to draft for uh, from looking at the board right now, if you've got to choose? What's my favorite position this year is the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's running back. I think it's I think it's deep every year. Well, like uh, actually numerical spot. Yeah. One, go two, where in the middle, beginning, middle, end. Oh, yeah. Draft pick you want. <laughs> All right, you're so. Right. You want me to pick what pick I want in the round? Yes. So in this in this case, we have a 16-team draft, correct? Yes. I want to be right in the middle. I didn't understand that question at all. No, it's all right. <laughs> Listen, Travi, Alex, Travi, Alex has worked. Alex Travi, you're in Colorado, right? That's true. Yeah. Okay. So was that me? Was that my fault or was that your fault? Because I know they've got some fun things to do in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I have not partaken, although I am eating. You would probably think I am because I'm eating uh, Sour Patch Kids right now. So and they, are they medicated or are they? No, no. I wish they were. Austin, no, they're, they're good. Austin, Sear, you're in the beautiful state of California. It's true. What, yes. are, you, what are you up to right now, buddy? <laughs> Like <laughs> live streaming. I love how this becomes like, what drugs are you doing? Like, what right drugs now? am I on? Right now? I very openly said I'm having right, a no, no, life, this, so. uh, water and caffeine yeah. for oh, me right now. Oh, is that a Red Bull? Okay, I got you now. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be probably smoking some cannabis later this evening. Yeah. Uh, I've known, I've been known to partake. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, but, uh, that happens. Yeah, when I visit the wonderful state of California, me too. Uh, Johnny, mm-hmm. when's your haircut scheduled for? I figured I could go around the room now. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, my wife has been at, when saying, like, hey, when are you going to go get that done? Um, if, if you hold out longer than Aaron Rodgers, which is going to be a while, I think, uh, you can wipe any league punishment you ever get from now on. If you outgrow your hair further than Aaron Rodgers, I'm willing to oh, make it's that. Pretty, that it's already longer than Rodgers is right now. I, I, mine, mine goes pretty pretty far back i would i would give him a look good it's a good look for you pal i appreciate that yeah. Yeah. Jesus, either jesus or Aaron rogers some, either yeah, one. i've been getting some good feedback from it so I, yeah. yeah we've been getting some good well feedback deserved. here moving into our mock drafts here we'll see about the feedback that we end up giving whisper nation on this draft we've got a bit of a different mock going on here whisper nation this one is actually going to be I'm really freaking excited for this because this is leading in to our Whisper Listener League. Whisper Nation, you've heard us talk about the Whisper Listener League often. Maybe you've been a part of it yourself. Donnie has been running. He's going to be our commissioner. He's been running the setup for it. We got the rules and rosters in place. It's going to be a 16-team, 16-total rostered squad with one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, a tight end kicker defense, and then four flexes, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. 
So Let's we're trying go. to take it a little bit into a Dogs. more modern presentation wow. here where you've got one running back and two wide receivers, but then are you going with more tight ends robust? Are you bringing in multiple backs? It's up to you. We'll let you decide on this one. But let's go ahead and get this bad boy started here. 16 team. We got the whole room filled. Mocking for the TFW Whisper Listener League. I, like Alex, wanted to go in the middle. Big Travi had swooped that spot up. I'm drafting the 101. Yeah, so a couple of things, too, on the points. It's, you know, obviously the roster itself is, is kind of strange. Full point PPR, six point QB touchdown. 0.25 tackle for loss on defense, fractional kicker scoring. We've got third round reversal, which hold on a second. I don't know if oh, I baby. put this in here. We got to uh, pause the draft gotta here. got to pause the live yeah, draft. Sure hold up. Redo it. Start over. Yep, I agree. <laughs> How good do you feel Austin about yourself right now, Yeah. Uh, I feel fine. <laughs> you, you can just do this right here and then resume it. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, I so I think there's some shenanigans going. No, on. there's no shenanigans. Uh, third round reversal, yeah, uh, we as we just point out. Remember, well, Alex. Re- remember, Alex last year on the third oh round reversal God, was dude. not happy. No, not neither was Scott. That was like yeah. one of the only things they agreed. It's the only on thing they year. bonded on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Definitely. might be the only thing we've ever agreed on, and I've known him for a few years now. That's a good point, guys. Yeah. Uh, that puts me on the clock, doesn't it? Yeah. What are you thinking? I- I'm gonna Where go. Gonna go. Uh, you know, just out of spite because we keep bringing up Scott, I'm going to go with uh, reigning AFC champion, Joe Mixon. Mm, there we go. Oh, now, for Scott's those of you not in the boy. loop, last year in, in the Listener League draft, which I joined you guys for, um, I drafted Joe Mixon. and uh, or, did, or did Scott draft Joe Mixon? How did this play out? I think I you drafted him. Uh, yes, I think Scott, Scott told me it was a horrible pick. And we argued yeah. the entire draft about the value of Joe Mixon, which was high. Yeah, you def- yeah, you definitely, I mean, but you got him in like a place where I think you got him in the third, didn't you? I, I, I believe you got him at the end of the third. I got him late. And then, yeah, Scott was just bashing you about it. And then <laughs> little, little did Scott know Joe Mixon finished top five. Tell people third round reversal in the chat <laughs> yeah so third round reversal if you're listening in the chat or you're drafting with us and you haven't yet done a third round reversal once we get done with the second round so that'll snake we'll have to so it'll snake you know from one to 12 and then 12 back to one at the start of the third round instead of going with the number one spot as it would in a traditional snake we're bouncing that pick to the back side of the draft so in the, i guess 16 excuse me i was saying 12 i meant 16 this time it'll bounce back to 16 and then continue in a normal snake fashion. It gives those drafting at the back of the draft a little bit of uh, an advantage to cover the disadvantage they pick up drafting in the backside where they can't get like as elite of a player to start. Yeah, trying to make up for, especially in a 16 team where, you know, it's it's this disparity so big between that first pick and then 16. You're trying to make up a little bit of that ground for those back half teams. Um Another thing I've noticed on the on the third round reversal with it, people get a little flipped out by it. But when you end up looking at who's drafted in the third round, it's it's it it, it can kind of go in a lot of different places. I don't want to say people like reach for their guy at that point, but you start to see where folks' preference is. Yeah, it's not definitely. like in the first round where it's like we all know Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. You know those guys are right at the top with Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase being at the top for the wide receivers. Once you get into the third round, it gets a little bit wild. 
Freak Stomper taking C.D. Lamb. I was going to see if he felled him in the second. <laughs> Jersey J, because it's bull. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you, Jersey J. You got you to step it up, man. You got to place. You got to get uncomfortable. Okay. And it is uncomfortable. It, Can't confirm. It's like it's almost as uncomfortable as a shirtless flexing pick on your YouTube avatar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll say like with the third round reversal, though, Travi, you're drafting in the eight spot. You're dead middle. It has zero impact on you. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, something I experienced in Scott Fishbowl. They do the third round reversal as well. And I was, I think, pick nine or pick seven. And it was kind of similar where it's like the gap isn't that huge. You know, you're not going to really feel that as much here. Was that a noise from Sleeper? Did you guys hear that? Or was that for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. You got to. the hell was If that you have. Noise? They they give you the wow if, if they don't like your pick. So. Wow. Wow. That's new, isn't it? I, I don't remember that in years past. That's interesting. What's new is they make you listen to it right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. You got to just. Uh, there's a little nod- nodule at the top there for sound if you want to turn that off. You can keep it on if you like it. No, I'm keeping it on. I like I like when they tell me I'm doing a <laughs> shitty job. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, <laughs> we ask our guest, what's a sound you love in the rapid fire? I'm so surprised nobody has said one of these sleeper voices. Oh, Nobody's I know. been well, like, oh, I, just I don't think anybody wow. said that. Jake just, Jake really liked it, though, too. When we had him on last week, he said it sounded like Mr. Meeseeks from, oh, yeah. from uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Yeah, you're a little fun here. I love Pizza Belly coming in here. I'm just happy to be a part of this community. So I don't care what the settings are. Aww, love you I love, guys. Love pizza love you too, Pizza Belly. I love we you will guys. not take it easier on you because of that nice comment. Yeah. We, are, we will dominate you in this listener league this year. Just FYI. Respectfully. Yes. Respectfully. <laughs> Disrespectfully. <laughs> take oh, there you goes Aaron Jones. Thanks, Pizza Belly. Appreciate uh, it. Right. I know. So, well, he wouldn't yeah, have made it to you like there. Boy got, your boy got in front of this wave. Johnny, what do you think about this 16-teamer? This is a bit weird. We haven't done a 16-team mock this whole year, and we've done like a lot of mock drafts. This is yeah. going to make the pool a little bit more wild. What are you expecting in this 16-teamer? Chaos. Uh, a lot of a lot of snipe picks, a lot of damn it, shit. You took this guy. I wanted him. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to get a lot from Scott saying, oh, I know exactly what five players I could steal three rounds earlier when we do the draft. <laughs> uh, Travis, do you, Travis, so that, do you have like do you have like any kind of strategy or a way you're trying to expand on the strategies that we've built from all of the work and homework that we've taken in and, and developed takes on all these players. Like, do you have a strategy here for an expanded pool of 16 teams? I think because we made it single QB, I feel a little bit more confident in waiting on quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think because we limited the amount of starters you have to start on running back, I can be a little bit, I think it sets up nice for the way the talent pool set up, right? Like there's, there's running backs we like in the first two rounds, oh. specifically, maybe even the first three, and then there's all these wide receivers through like five through seven that we're, that we're really in on. And I think yeah. this build allows you to kind of follow the, uh, uh, the flow oh of the draft in, in my, in my opinion. So. Uh, I was going to say, I'm looking for cornerstone pieces like Dwayne McFarlane mentioned and Brees Hall was the last cornerstone piece I was looking. So I got to draft now. I got to go some different direction. God damn it. I, I got to actually draft. Well, so you can take his other guy. 
as you guys have brought up there, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball here. Is is yeah, Brees Hall this big of a deal? Oh. Yeah, dude. People are all over him like flies on a fresh turd, dude. That's shocking a little bit to me. I mean, For Brees Hall? Why is that shocking? I just yeah. rookies always scare me, Austin. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just especially at running back because. Yeah. Darius Geis was a guy that I was all in on, and obviously that was an unfortunate <laughs> you know, situation. But yeah. like Darius, I mean, he's good. But, Sorry. but then you have like Clyde Edward Tolaire, who kind of came out of nowhere as rookie year and then disappeared forever. So, well, not forever, but yeah. the last couple of years is just not, not good, dude. He's he not was, good. yeah, the, the Clyde Edward Tolaire one, as we know, is a little bit weird because he was the what first not? running back selected, but it was a homie pick, right? The Chiefs asked Patrick Mahomes who they should take in the first round. He said, "Get my boy Clyde." They passed up on dudes like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, uh, J.K. Dobbins. I cannot believe, like, I still can't believe they did that. When they had Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift right there, I'm not saying, like, I would have still said, like, you should take Jonathan. I just don't. I remember we were live that night, and we were just wondering how in the hell did they not go with Jonathan Taylor? Because that would have made them absolutely unstoppable. I still think about sometimes, dude, if the chiefs had Jonathan Taylor on this squad, it would be like, it would turn it. It would take a really good team and make them like the golden state warriors of football. It would have just really taken it up to. And I know truck asked, is there any spots available in the whisper listener league? Uh, We've got Travis. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, we've got uh, one to two spots left. We'll see what happens with at least one spot. And we're basically just, you know, kind of doing the whose line is it anyways uh, in version of raffle tickets. Any way that you get our attention, like right now, T-Rock, you just got a raffle ticket. Okay. And that's how we're doing it. And at the end of this month or towards the end of this month, we'll raffle off that last spot. But congratulations. Just by asking, you got a raffle ticket. We all have free reign to give away these raffle tickets uh so yeah it should be fun no, but I mean, we're actually we are going to keep track of them we are we are actually going to yeah, keep yeah. track of these raffle tickets yeah, though yeah. so like what's what's his name be, just make sure we monitor the the raffle tickets that we do throw out 2011 there. travis is like what's his name what's uh, his i name just again? already forgot it i already what's forgot. that motherfucker <laughs> from that one day give yeah, him a ticket yeah. well i did i just i knew there were numbers in it and my brain wasn't working for the numbers because of the medicated also you know, you're you're on the clock oh i'm aware this is like going through the TSA line, bro. Take off your shoes now, dude. Yeah, right, right. No, 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 no. You can't you can't bring that water bottle in. All kinds of things here. <laughs> Who are you thinking about taking in this? I like your I like ooh, Travis. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. That's a yeah. sexy one, dude. I went, you know, look, here's the deal. We got to this point in this round yeah, where, look, Sutton, Williams, and Pittman all gone in a row right before me. And that just pissed you off, didn't no, it? No, it just said, hey, and Pitts is gone too. So where I would have pivoted off wide receiver to maybe tight end, couldn't do it in in the in the right mind in the third round. So went with uh, Kyler. Hmm. I do what about like you? that pick. I, I do too. I think it gives you a difference maker. What was it called on? Was it Dwayne McFarland or another one of our guests from the marathon who talked about the cornerstone player impact? Like these are guys who can win you your league, right? You want to get guys whose value over the replacement is going to be significant enough to actually make an impact. I think Kyler Murray, like we say, wait on quarterbacks, but when you're talking about value over replacement, Kyler Murray's got a shot right there. Josh A. Jay Blizzy just got a raffle ticket right there. I yeah. just, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get power drunk with giving away dude, these. Dude, did you these see the tickets. look dude the look on Big Travis face just now? 
it, you have to go back and see it if you missed it because it was that of a kid on Christmas <laughs> getting exactly it, what it is. He there's a little bit of a power Christmas. trip here because I get to just, just bestow these raffle tickets. Well, I got to think of something. Maybe like think of a number between one and ten. Put it in the chat. Ooh, if it's the right number, one. you'll get a or, raffle ticket. Or what do you what are you Ooh. thinking about? What are you thinking about? For you only dinner? get one guess, so don't don't be spamming our chat with all these numbers either. You could do. Uh, you know, you could you do whatever you want, Johnny. Would you have? You got power for dinner, anyways. Johnny and you and your three picks here to start it off. You got DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. You're going running back robust. Oh. Despite it being yeah, a full dude. point PPR and only one mandated right. running back position, Hold we got on. those three flexes. You're going to be sticking Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott in one of those two, presumably. Can you talk a little bit about the build that you started off and how you're feeling out about it now as round four gets on its way? These guys are excellent PPR running backs. So that's why I got those specific ones. Uh, I want to test out, and I, I just want to know what it would be like to <clears> – <throat> I'm not going to give my full strategy away, but just start off with three running backs and those that I do think will all three finish in the top 10 at their position. Even with PPR, Ezekiel Elliott does catch a lot out of the backfield. Saquon, obviously, we know he is excellent cat pass catcher. And my boy, Swift, that is what he is the best at. So uh, I wanted to make sure if I was going running back and doing this type of build, I wanted to make sure that they are dual kind of they can carry the rock if they if the game if the game script is going in the direction or their team would also rely on them in a pass catching option uh if they were behind and uh i think i successfully did that yeah dude zeke here with 65 targets last year 71 71 95 the year before that i think it does bear a bit of repetition to remind the listeners ezekiel elliott can catch the football you know, we know Tony Pollard's looming. We've had this conversation a lot. We'll probably keep having it for many, many more months, possibly even years. We'll see what Jerry Jones elects to do. But Ezekiel Elliott can catch the rock. So I like that justification there for those three running backs he picked up off the board. Before I bring it over here to Alex to get a take on this, uh, Johnny, you mentioned three running backs great at catching the football. We haven't yet got a chance to talk about big news, talking about another great running back catching passes, a wide receiver running the ball, Debo Samuel. He oh, signed yeah. his extension in San Francisco, and the interesting part to me was the up to $650,000 per year Debo Samuel can collect on that three-year deal, so a total of $1.95 million, just under $2 million he could potentially receive if he hits these running back metrics. And they're pretty achievable. Like It's like 300 yards rushing, I think, and three touchdowns via the ground, something like that. Um, Alex, do you see more contracts in the NFL starting to get more creative with these types of, I don't know if it's an incentive, how we would really define that, but these structural points built into the contract that can cater to how you might get used. Yeah, it's clearly more of them. And there's contracts that say you can't play video games. So, I mean, yeah, they're unique this year, but, Got him. Uh, but, but the wide receiver money this offseason has really been the story, hasn't it? I mean, everybody's getting yeah. paid. Uh, everybody and their mama's getting paid uh, in terms of the wideouts. So uh, this was based on Debo, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Is he actually happy there? Like, I don't think he was just pissed because he hadn't gotten paid. I think it was pissed well, because he was the, the money situation was there and then his utilization. I, but I think it. I think but, it has multiple I mean, layers too. It wasn't just the like utilization. an onion. 
Definitely like that. Yeah. Like, like an onion. This is why you come to TFW <laughs> for the hard hitting analysis here yep. that it is like an onion. Um, because the third piece to this, the third layer of the onion is oh, actually really? the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Cause he, he loved yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. At least that's what we we've been told and what we've, uh, yeah. So he's so. probably going to run the ball as much, if not more than he did last year. Uh, Jimmy G has gone. But he got paid. So does that mean everything's cool and fine with Debo Samuel? Because I'm not ready to buy that yet. Well, I don't think it hinders his production too much, right? Like, he's still going to be one of the most productive wideouts, asterisk, in the yeah. league, right? But unhappiness, at least he got paid. I don't know. It's a really unique situation. Fuck. because I've never really... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him so bad, dude. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be you? so good." Yes, I was like, "This no, is literally going to work out." No, like I could not have planned this. And then one pick before me, Troc 2011. No one even plays that game anymore. <laughs> now he's getting disparaging. I fucking love how much we love this fake oh game based on a game. It's like literally always my favorite thing to watch somebody who's played fantasy football for a long time. <laughs> Just like freak out on a snipe one pick. I'm the mock draft. Especially Johnny. Especially yeah. Johnny. One pick before me, dude. Unbelievable. Amon Ross St. Brown in a PPR format is certainly nice. Rashad Bateman, though. I almost took is... him there in the fourth. Amon? Yeah. I was mm -hmm. like, maybe maybe he'll come back. I would. I know now he would not have come back. This is kind of a shake. Where are you at, Strove, here on like Amon Ross St. Brown? What's going on here? Rashad Bateman. There we go. Rashad Bateman with the Baltimore Ravens, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, kind of these four wide receivers. I mean, Darnell Mooney with the Bears, St. Brown with the Lions, oh, Rashad Bateman Strofe. with the Ravens, and Strofe without an internet connection. So hey. I'll kick this question he back. Is over like, bro, he is like, bro, I don't, I don't like your question. I don't like these questions. I'm out. I'm out, dude. Well, we'll wait the, for Strofe to yeah. get his internet back there. Travi, um, I'll bring this one over whoa, to you. Then. Chris Godwin. Sorry. You took Chris Godwin here, but the wide receivers, I wanted to get your take a bit on the wide receivers taken before you. Gabe Davis, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Darnell Mooney. How are you stacking those wide receivers? Um, so I I like – did you – sorry. I was doing so much stuff here. Amon Ross St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, and Rashad Bateman. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so Darnell Mooney would be at the bottom of that tier for me. Um, uh, Gabe Davis, then like third to last, sec like second to last. Um, I like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Bateman, and uh, Gabe Davis. I think those are the three I'm kind of stuck on. Any different draft, I'm kind of taking a different variation of those guys. I think Bateman, similar to when we talked about it with the Podfather, like Bateman has such a profile to just be the next great wide receiver. Um, but you know, he, you know, I don't know if Lamar can get him that kind of volume. So Gabe Davis is fine for me, but I really love him on Ross St. Brown. Dwayne McFarlane has really been doing a good job to pump me up on him on like what he did. You don't do what he did unless you're good at football. Like that's right. the one liner for him on Ross St. Brown that you got. And then this offense, I think we're talking about, Oh, all these, all these names or all these uh, mouths to feed. What if the offense just gets better? What if the offense is just better and more consistent? Then he's going to be probably fine. And then if anything happens, if any of those guys get injured, DJ Shark hasn't been very healthy. Jamison Wilson, Williams takes a while to come back. Hawk, also been a health risk. DeAndre Swift, kind of been a health, health risk. DJ any of those Chark, guys. DJ Shark was. Yeah, that's uh, the first guy I said. Yeah. So if any of those guys miss time, that's 
that's something that could be a, a path for Amon Ross St. Brown to kind of keep uh, chugging biggest, away at targets. The biggest point that like people should seriously take away is the fact that like take I understand it's Detroit. They've been bad. I get it. But you could still have good fantasy points on those teams. And what I'll say is like Goff had given like uh, Cooper Cup was a top five wide receiver with Goff. Who plays that same position for Goff now? That's going to be Amon. So, like, you look at the correlation, and sometimes you just – it just is so obvious. That, <laughs> I think know. that Strove keeps popping on, and here and hear Johnny talk, and he keeps popping back off. He's, he's just waiting for you to be done with your yeah, point. probably. Here. He's just trying to – TF Whisperers, you guys are sexy. I need a raffle ticket for the Listener League. Done, sweet and salty. Ooh. I got you, girl. I Is like that your that. aunt. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ear emoji that the ear emoji with the football. Wait, no, no, that's a really freaking what the hell? What that who, was great. Who, What's who, up, who, sweet? Who got that? <laughs> At too sweet and salty. At TF Whispers, you guys are sexy. <laughs> sexy. I need a raffle ticket for the listener league. Well, you got one, girl. You got one. Oh. You're in. I don't think you're too sweet. I think it's just right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I bet. I wish Strofe was here, man. What's going on? You know what? Yeah. I, I bet the, doing us who, got, who was the first one to get a ticket? I bet Jesus. you that. Truck 2011. Tro- no, no. That Please. If Wi-Fi. It was, uh, if, that, if that was Truck 2011, I, neg- I think we, we should have the power to delete a, a ticket. And he deletes one. Wait, are you right now accusing Troc of using a fake account? Called too sweet. sweet. No, I'm saying because he sniped my Amon Ross St. Brown pick. I'm saying because he sniped my Amon Ross St. Brown pick. You think Troc is not over it. (laughs) Even though sweet and salty and sexy over here is trying to get us distracted. Well, it's happened. Who not that? I am hey. fully distracted. Hold on. <laughs> did fully somebody, distracted. Did somebody clip that out? Who when did or did they actually post that on the live stream? Yeah, I just got that right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> what did you think this was? Like a you think I planted that? You think now you think it was my burner? <laughs> yeah. I think oh, you're trying to get man. an extra spot. Yeah, my, Dude, my, I when Austin Austin, Cole you asked me thing. about the the strategy oh. here, and I feel like I screwed myself because wide receiver went nutso in these for four rounds, dude. Bro, I'm like it. over here drafting fucking all the all the hurt and suspended guys, dude. And actually, I want to bring it into that point, oh, and I wanted to ask Alex about this because I I took Traylon Burks there. We had the Pod Father <laughs> on the show yesterday morning. That was incredible, and. All I needed was a little bit of confirmation by Traylon Burks to fire him up in redraft formats. Yeah, and I'm Matt not Kelly lie. gave that. I did I'm get a, a little bit of a- Traylon Burks was my number one rookie wide receiver for redraft purposes coming out of this year's class. I've heard some people say some negative things about him. I've taken some of those comments to heart. Sometimes you got to lose yourself to find yourself. And I feel found right now back confidently with the Traylon Burks love. I think he's in a really good spot. But I was going back and forth between him and Alan Lazard, who I'm also feeling really good about. 
I wanted to ask Alex, should I keep feeling good about Alan Lazard from an overall production standpoint in 2022? What do you think here about right now the Packers' number one wide receiver? Well, I think the similarity between Traylon Burks and Alan Lazard is opportunity, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. neither of those teams really have a home Mm -hmm. run number one wide receiver. So uh, when I look at – thanks, Austin. When I look at uh, Lazard, yes, I I do think he'll be productive. The way Aaron Rodgers talks about him is – insane right like he's just totally gushing over the opportunity with alan lazard and, and the jump he expects him to take so yeah so if we've heard that before though yeah. dude, yeah. no, dude totally. Jermichael finley mvs dude it's like i've heard it all bay, dude right? you you hear this all the time travi with every team not only green bay but those examples are totally fair yeah but and, uh, again and- the opportunity wasn't there for those guys, though, right? Yeah, because that's true. When you talk about your Michael Finley, you're also talking about Greg Jennings and, and James Jones and these other guys that are really solid Donald and are at least going to get a share of the love, totally. And Jordy Nelson, right? Like all those guys were there with J. Mike and MBS. You still had the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams there. So when it comes to the opportunity, it's there. If he seizes it as, well, as another thing, but I like his value especially where'd you get him late third or, or well, I didn't even, I didn't even take him. I ended up letting him go. I went I with Traylon Burks. Top, took him, but yeah, he, oh, I mean, six yeah. round pick in a 16 team league. Of course it's a number one receiver. I can't get away yeah. from that game. And Devonte Adams was out and Lazard ended up getting hurt. I'm pretty sure it was like middle of the season last year. And he had like over 120 yards and a touchdown. And I just remember watching him catch a pass on a deep post and like, take it to the house. And it's like, wow, if this guy's given the opportunity, he can make it happen. And the amount of grind and work I feel like he's put in over the years has set him up for what might not be a a long opportunity, but he's got one right now. And I feel like he's in a good spot to take it. I, Yeah. I, don't I mean, he, he had eight touchdowns last year. And as you mentioned, he missed some time and, and you still had Devontae Adams there. Now, the other thing with Devontae Adams is, of course, he's going to take a lot of pressure off the rest of the receivers on the field. Yeah. Uh, because well, they're being double teamed or triple teamed all the time. But will, uh, it's yeah. just so tough with Lazard because he hasn't really played as the dude, you know, drawing the coverage yeah. from the team as the dude. That game I'm referencing, the, he did that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying over the, the long, you know, end of a season. But, you know, again, if we can get other things going, Tunyon, the run game, all these other things going, it may not matter. Because as we've seen before, James Jones can come in off the street and just score a fuck ton of touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers, and that could be possible to swing it. That's the one out that keeps me kind of okay drafting Lazard is that the touchdowns could be there. As you said, eight last year could score a ton in that offense, just being a guy that he trusts. We know that. Um, I mean – Who's better I mean, at forcing that, the ball to a guy and making it look better than Aaron Rodgers? You know, so like that's definitely within the the wheel. So, no, totally. It, it's really interesting because you're totally right, Travis. And like, his he's number one usually gets. He has at least one guy that gets over ten touchdowns every single year. Don't James absolutely, Jones. yeah, exactly. I was so wanting Julio to go there, dude. I was so hyped and ready for Julio to go to Aaron Rodgers and be like, all right, LFG, like, let's go. Like, and then he signs with damn it, Tampa Bay. But regardless of that, I do think that Rodgers is one that will pepper a guy, but to a certain point, but I also think he is kind of, he kind of is, you know, arrogant enough to where he made such a big deal about Lazard, right. About, you know, make him a guy. Yeah, he's going to make him the guy. 
You know what oh, I mean? God. Just That's... just for his own ego. Oh, yeah. that, that hurts me so bad to hear that. But it's so good. Is he wrong? No, he's not wrong. That's the problem. We got a guy who broke the record for throwaways because he wouldn't throw to his right receivers. That That's how much they were in the doghouse because he'd rather throw out of bounds than throw to guys on his team. So, yeah, I mean, the guy dressed up as fucking Nick Cage from Con Air. Like, he's egotistical. He's full of himself. I mean, yeah, I mean, we pulled it off. I'd yeah, it I'm him. not saying it didn't look great. I'm just saying this is the guy we're dealing with, you know. Correct. Um, Let me ask you: Are you one for, um, or in any of your leagues, do you do like a, a dress up to come out, like intro music or anything like that? Like, I feel like we should definitely incorporate that in our in our fantasy drafts. See, I don't hate that. Um, I've never done it. But I yeah. don't hate it at all. I kind of love the idea, Johnny, because you could pull off the Nick Cage from Conair. I mean, that's I know, an easy home run for you this year. I know. I really <laughs> I'm thinking about it, dude. I'm just thinking about I mean, I'll obviously just like do it because my league doesn't partake in that uh, you know, every we yearly, I should say, uh occurrence. Oh my god, that's such a good idea though. I just had like your league of record, you have to film like arriving to the whatever draft house or love whatever it. it is. You know, you gotta do like you know, like the NBA, they they get to the stadium yeah. and they're in whatever fit they're in. You just oh, like have dude. somebody film you coming in, with it, with whatever fit you're dude, in. It I should, to we bring, should totally do that. Yeah. So yeah, dude, this this draft right here in round, I'm gonna say seven eight is when it starts to get. It starts 3K. to get to that point. Yeah, like I'm looking here. Who do you guys like on this one? I mean, the wide receivers: Tyler Boyd, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Jarvis, Rondell Moore. I mean, at the we're starting to talk about the guys like Ronald Jones, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier. I'd take your second quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to get. I thought it was funny. That, not funny. I just thought it was interesting that Podfather Matt Kelly yesterday on the show was like, the only running back duo I draft two of is Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack tried us to go try to get us to go down that path but it was like abruptly stopped yeah I I mean uh, we were we were running on a long episode there but like I was just like really that's the two because the one that comes to mind for me is Green Bay absolutely I would draft I would draft Jones and Dylan and be fine with it I think there's gonna be I don't think so. I know it's the old coaching staff that did this, but Madison's not involved when Cook is. You know that just yeah. tends to be the notion. Now that could be different if they do uh, get you know Cook involved in the slot like they're saying they're going to do. But Strove every and year, every, Madison speaking, every team says they're going to get the running back involved in the slot, and what it doesn't all it doesn't but equate to anything. Rarely. The thing is, the more thing and more. So yeah, I mean the thing is though i put him on that high high level of listen he's a one-for-one replacement basically for cook so if you get cook grab him as i i think i think cook is going to be the number one running back this year i've been on the record saying that yeah i think he finished the number one but he is also known to get injury prone but if you grab alexander madison i'm just saying hey this system is going to produce an rb1 so if you grab those, like you lock that up, in my opinion, and I did it last year in one of my leagues, I had those and I paid up just a little bit to get Madison. But I'll tell you what, it kept me in the hunt the entire season. If it weren't for me, fucking I, up at the end, I, I like that take with Madison and Cook as a direct replacement there. Should he go down? It's the it's the best type of handcuff. I think it's really the only handcuff that you should be investing in. It also gives me more of a premium on Dalvin Cook in the first round. 
because he does have an available insurance policy. Right. Most running backs don't even have an insurance policy that you can buy. Some guys do, but like the guys who don't, I mean, who's the backup for Derrick Henry? If he goes down, who's the actual backup oh, for CMC? Joey Chestnut, baby. Who's, who's the clear backup for Najee Harris? Should he go down? We don't, we don't really have an answer. Well, for that, but we do know in Minnesota, if Dalvin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison is going to be a close to one to one replacement. Continuing on this train of other good dual backfields that are going on, the Cowboys with Ezekiel yep. Elliott and Tony Pollard used to be in that Minnesota category with Tony Pollard being a great one to one replacement. Tony Pollard is now trying to move into that AJ Dillon camp of having standalone value while also being an elite handcuff. We'll see about how that ends up working, but this is a good question. Uh, brought in by Albert. Uh, was it Albert here on the yeah. Cleveland backfield? Yeah. What, what about, about Chubb, and, Chubb Hunt? and Hunt? Johnny, I want to kick it to you on this one because you've been really in on both of these running backs, the Cleveland run scheme. You take a hard look at the projections, the, the what they've done in the past and what they should be doing in the future. We've got a lot of question marks in, in uh, Cleveland here. We just got the Deshaun Watson news. The question, though, is about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as a dual backfield. What do you think? I mean, most analysts will say, you know, go after Hunt because he is the better value. He produces. They use him uh, quite often in the red uh, red area. He catches, you know, especially in a PPR. He catches a, a lot of passes out of the backfield, whereas Chubb doesn't necessarily do that. You know, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, although he's really good at it. Um, and then you've got they just don't use him that way. And they've never actually given him a full workload even when hunt is like injured or, but they'll give what's weird is like, they'll give hunt a full workload uh, if Nick Chubb is injured, but they won't do it the other way around. They'll go uh, to Dearness Johnson. Yeah. And they'll give him, whoever. you know, the, they'll give him the Kareem hunt touches. Mm. My one thing, and this is why I, I do, you know, I understand if you all these caution flags for Nick Chubb come up and you don't want to take him. Cause I, I, I get it. You would definitely say uh, Kareem Hunt is the better value. But I just want to mention this because I think it's important. Last year, I learned uh, from a girl, from our, our girl, Liz Losa, shout out to her. She was talking and identified Joe Mixon. Why was like one of her biggest factors? Because the stack box rate, right? Because he was facing one of the uh, most fierce stack boxes in any league whenever he would carry. Last year, Nick Chubb was number two in stack boxes and he still was a very productive running back. Am I right? If they get Deshaun Watson, you know, six games in seven games in guess what? Those stack boxes aren't going to necessarily be there because he is much better quarterback. So that is one thing I could say is like Nick Chubb's a really good running back. They're probably going to be up more oftentimes than not uh, because of that. And um, so I'm trying to pick so you can move on, but I, I like Nick Chubb still. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting way to be optimistic on Chubb, for sure. I just, again, Dwayne, uh, our, we, we keep co quoting our guy Dwayne McFarlane, but he likes to say, look, like when the game's on the line, Hunt's in. They like him in the two-minute. They like him in the pass protection. They like if him in down. the hurry-up. If they're down. If they're down, even if they're up. Even if they're up and they're securing a lead, you can look at the numbers. So I have to look. I'll have to do my own research on yeah, that. Yeah, do your own research. I'll but that's definitely um, some of the the scenarios that they're in there. The only time he's there, it seems to be, is when it's early in the game and it's within a score. Um, so that that's something. So maybe if they're up and it's close, you know, they're oh, definitely yeah, using. I have seen. Yes, yeah. I have seen. It is but, if it's within. If it's within. But a if, touchdown, if they're putting the game of the way, they go to they go to hunt. 
But that does kind of make pr- sense. I think they cherish Chubb. Yeah, they cher- they like, it's like they fresh. cherish Chubb almost like an overprotective parent does, <laughs> like almost just a little bit. I mean, Johnny's point's right. They haven't given Chubb – Chubb's Chubb's only had more than 250 carries once in, the, in his four-year career. And for a running back who's perennially at the top in so terms good. of raw metrics, in terms of like the play style Nick Chubb brings, this is a guy you should be smashing 300 carries a season. And he's never had 300 carries in a season. 228 last year, 190 the year before that. So it is it is certainly interesting. I wonder how they're going to approach him on this one. Travi, I wanted to ask you on these dual halfbacks here. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get your evolved take on James Cook, who I saw you take a couple of rounds earlier in round seven. I think he's worthy of added consideration as drafts are starting to happen. And... You know, we were a little bit off James Cook. We saw him as more of like a complimentary complimentary piece for the Buffalo Bills. But I know after Stepmom Lauren brought in some great points, we heard some others. Maybe we're starting to consider James Cook as having some of that league winning upside. Is that what you're seeing in James Cook? Or are you still evaluating him as just like a favorite pass catching option who should be involved on a high voluminous efficient offense? Yeah, it's been an evolution with Cook. It's kind of a roller coaster. When he first got drafted, you want to say, oh, the Bills, they they run in the red zone with Josh Allen, so there's probably not going to be there. They, they haven't thrown to their backs a ton. Um, there's a lot of things I, I wouldn't actually love about Cook. You know, he's undersized. He seems to be just a, spa, a pass, catching, uh, pass catching specialist, those kind of things. Then as you kind of look at it, you go, well, what did the Bills tell us? They aggressively pursued J.D. McKissick, didn't get him, then drafted, then used pretty decent capital on James Cook, who is that pass-catching specialist, who has a brother in the league, who has juice. We like the highlights. We like the tape from James Cook. And then you see a situation where the guy who really pushed the needle on the pass-heaviness of the Bills, and I'm not saying they won't be pass-heavy, but the guy that pushed that needle is Brian Dable, and he's gone. Mm -hmm. And so if Sean McDermott has more of his thumbprint on this offense, that means more rushing probably maybe taking the le- you know the pressure off of Allen in the red zone and using a guy like uh James Cook and we talked a little bit off air about Cook's realistic ceiling being maybe like a a David Johnson rookie year where he was mo- used at that pass catchless pass I should I just combine the words pass catchless <laughs> um but it, it could be something that he he's used in the red zone you know and, and gets enough touchdown buoys there that's an out for him and then there's an out where Singletary's hurt Moss is hurt, something like that, where the early carries start getting siphoned a little bit to Cook. And then it's like you've got Kamara-esque vibes to it, Eckler-esque vibes to it, because he could handle that workload. And he did a little bit of it in college, um, enough to get you excited about it. Um, He came in looking good in the offseason and continues to. Um, We'll just have to see how it plays out. But, yeah, I think he's worth the upside here. I think all those guys in that range that kind of went, though, are minus Damian Harris for me, but, like, Cook, Gordon, Penny, and Singletary all have paths to really, really profitable seasons. So I'm really good with those guys in that range. Strove, you're on the clock right now. I'm going to talk kind of slow to give a little bit of a build-up so you can take your selection but i do kind of want to know what you're thinking here it's starting to get murky it is it's starting to get a little bit painful but yeah, this is seven also- seconds on the clock austin yes there is <laughs> yeah dude those wide receivers whatever whatever cool. oh okay. damn it okay yeah. I like, I so what, go. you, what were you thinking here that's a tough spot to be in right now you're looking at a lot of could have oh. maybe would have should have we'll see 
What are you thinking in this position here? What was going through your head before taking Julio? I'm going to be honest. I'm really upset over the Christian Watson pick in round eight. Like that's mm. what I can't get out of my head. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong on this. I just don't see him having high value at all in year one. Mm. Um, and for him to go before a guy like Jarvis Landry is insane to me. But mm. anyway, um, mm. what was going through my head there was Michael Gallup or Julio. I wanted to, I wanted to wide out. Mm. Uh, Gallup's not going to be ready for week one, although I think I like his – I might like his, I couldn't make a decision. I might like his opportunity more than Julio's. I don't know what Julio's capable of. Is he going to be re- be able to remain healthy? Whereas Gallup's just not right now. Uh, and I have 20 seconds to think it through while you were slowly giving my ears uh, some, some sweet talk. So yeah, <laughs> that's what was going through my head to answer your question. Yeah, I just like, I'm actually like Whisper Nation. We are drafting for the real Whisper Listener League. We'll mock drafting for the actual league. We haven't done a 16 teamer with these settings this year. This is a fresh mock. And you get to this part like there's real knowledge to gleam from this. I'm wondering if you know you do need to wait on a quarterback and stack up those skill positions early on. Or is it getting the value over the replacement wherever you can find it? And you actually want to get, if you can get a Hertz or a Kyler Murray, or maybe you see Russell Wilson or Trey Lance in that category. If you see a separator at the quarterbacking position, maybe you, maybe you got to pick that one up. Johnny, what are you, some of your insights that you're picking as we're going through this struggle period right now? I feel like we're going like through the dog days of summer in the mock draft right now, just trying to find some good goodness here. You took Hunter Henry right now, so you're obviously yeah. in the thick of it too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I did not like that pick. Um, that was a shot, right? That was a shot. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, a little okay, bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I he. I guess. I mean, he was top five tight end. I mean, he's, I like him. But what, what else are you gonna do, right? Like, no, you, you no, took I know. Well, that's the thing is, like, you. Some people get so stuck in like, oh, you know, wide receiver, running back. Those are the two. And it's like we're at the point of the draft where it's like, and there's Ooh. so many people just go for the value of what's Ooh. there because even if it's a double up position you, if you get a good enough value all of a sudden like this we're going to be able to trade we got four flexes yeah i got four, four flexes. flexes exactly so it's like you really have to think like oh is you know that's why i took mike jacecki uh last round because i was like okay mike jacecki i'll be able to play him most likely every week um maybe maybe not every week but it's like okay value over whatever i could get behind him and it's like did i like those options i did like some i thought some were gonna fall to me in the next round so that was that is one takeaway is like wide receiver did dry up a lot faster than i thought it was going to be and some of my late round gems that i like uh you know are are getting gobbled up so it is a good thing to note but i I, want to get to this question here but before before, i want to i do want to bring in a little bit of numbers to this point here because we're learning in real time right now and johnny you took Hunter Henry there, and and I think this is the exact time when we actually would start considering is a mid tight end better than like a back end wide receiver, right? Exactly. Like that's the question we find ourselves in right now. So like you could take a Hunter Henry or you could take a a Curtis Samuel, right? You could take right. uh, exactly. uh, an Austin Hooper or you could get yourself a Nicole Hardman, you know, kind of things in that category. If we look at Hunter Henry, you know, you could say around 150 points or so. He had 164 last year, 145 the year before that, 149 two years ago. Uh, If we take a look at Austin Hooper and some of his better years there, 191 in his best year there in 2019, he was the number six tight end, 163 points the year before that in Atlanta. 
we think, you know, maybe around that 150, 160 point, just generally speaking. Yeah. You know, if we take a look at like Nicole Hardman, for instance, last year on his just under 700 yards and two touchdowns, he had 137 points. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit under that 150 point mark that we're looking at. Um, last one, Curtis Samuel, um, in his better years, you know, his best year in Carolina, 211 and then 171. But do we expect him to be that good coming off the groin injury in a new system? I think this is like the perfect time right now when you do start wondering are mid-level tight ends better than like a third or fourth wide receiver. I think the points justify that as well. Yeah, thanks for talking me into it. I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. It's also, you know, you look at uh, positional scarcity as well. So like that's something that's like a intrinsic value, right? Is there is a lot fewer tight ends. You know, obviously most people go either the, the top three and then or go late. So all of a sudden, like, you know, me grabbing three tight ends, it throws some people off that maybe are like, oh, I was going to grab two or like they hadn't grabbed one. Then they get a little panicky. It's what you want to do. You want to get people off their thinking process because then they mess well, up and i also think it's painting a realistic pi picture too with tight ends because we always get hyped up on tight ends like they're going to be even mid to late and it's like the the, re the reality is they're not big difference makers for your roster and points you know they're they, they're not huge difference makers they're not league winners and some of these guys in this muck can be league winners some of these guys are going to be your debo samuels that are just going to absolutely pop from this range and so it's really that trade-off contingency like am i trading off an opportunity for a guy that has a real path to something or am i just trying to you know make that case and then you know go with a with a tight end situation which kind of brings up the point here that i wanted to talk about a little bit with jersey jay's been trying to get our thoughts on kamara ingram yeah. scott has been talking you know like no there's nothing here and then you know because ingram is not madison obviously jersey jay and and, and scott talk about the difference between and i'm with scott on this one uh, it's not often that i am but i like scott's take here because madison we've seen is not just a one-for-one -one replacement in volume for cook he matches efficiency metrics he matches numbers for cook like you can go and put it he's like an rb1 when he gets plugged in there for for cook so it's not like that with ingram and and honestly there's so many more things that we could question with ingram age injury all these other things uh with tony ingram jones gonna, yeah yeah abram smith like all these other guys offense is the offense going to be as good as minnesota's i'm betting on minnesota's before i'm betting on new orleans like just to be honest yeah. offense wise so that's some of the things I would look at uh, when when comparing like a Madison to Ingram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Classic. Anthony here with some interesting points. Yeah, but Hartman was behind Hill, Robinson Pringle. To me, he's all way more value than Hooper this year. Better to look at fantasy points per game. I'm not disagreeing with that. And maybe my example was a little bit confusing. What I was just trying to bring up is the the expected points per game total on the end of the season we're just now because of how deep this league is with 16 players and because of how robust the rosters can be like you're going to be it's going to be thin pickings and we've been at that since like round 7 and so then you just got to start thinking about this league and these settings differently than you're approaching normal drafts so i'm saying look at these guys who are like these back end wide receivers compared to these like mid-level tight ends that would normally be sitting on the waiver wire all year. And you're just streaming them based on matchup. These guys actually might have more value than just like those streaming tight ends do in years past. And then Johnny's point, if someone like wants to play a little like 
throw a little strategy into the mix and try to like fuck with the rest of the dynamic, like they could load up on tight ends and that can create some problems, which can create some ripples, which can create some behavioral shifts, which can add to chaos and unpredictable outcomes. So that was the point I was trying to make. First kick. I like Ross and talking about Hardman got me thinking about Adam Levitan, who said like, he thinks the chiefs basically used Hardman as the pure backup for Tyreek Hill. And that's the reason why we didn't see more out of Tyre out of Hardman is because Tyreek Hill was there. And so like, now it's interesting to see what they will actually use. So based on roster construction, that's why now I tend to decide more with like talent makes its way to the field. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's something you could He's look the field at all the time, opt- bro. You could be optimistic. Yeah. But like earning targets, I should say uh, he had over 10, he had a double digit targets last week of the season, over hundred yards, yeah, baby. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I, I, I I'm adding a feather in the cap. Oh, of being woo on uh on me cole hardman yeah well, it's be interesting to ask strofe's opinion on this on which wide receiver in kc you'd have to put plant a flag on you know it's it, every week it's a new guy in the, in our industry to, we got our uh, boy marquez valdez scantling coming right. from green bay over to right. kansas city juju smith schuster another migration pattern me you like the rookie like and then yeah where are yeah. you at on these guys uh, it's probably Juju just because I think that's the safest bet. And I think early reports out of camp is, is he's been impressing, but I, I don't hate the deep threat, right? Like an MBS. And obviously I'm a little biased the most money. in the Packers, but he's kind of a one trick pony, right? Like he is a deep threat. It's, he's not the most crisp route runner. He's not a, a really intermediate threat. He's a deep threat. And what have we seen work in Kansas city? Deep threats. So there's, there's, <laughs> there's point. It's, there's a very good case to be made for MBS, but like, do I love his fantasy value in a 16 team league like this? I don't know, maybe in the fifth or sixth round, but like, I'm not, I'm not looking at him as a WR one. Uh, but if I was to plant my flag to use your term, which I don't know if I love that one, uh, Juju Smith Schuster is my pick. It's just too much pressure for you to plant a flag. Yeah, what, what's wrong with planting your flag, dude? <laughs> It's an uncomfortable phrase, no? It's kind of like planting your seed, and I just, it makes Oh, all right, okay. The Miller lights are flowing. The Miller lights are flowing. Let's get some Gen Z action going in here. Is that that how it is? Is that that what people say these days now? Is that what the Gen Z is? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just nuts. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're nuts, Gen Z, oh, right? nuts, huh? Oh, I, heard, I know that one. That. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> say that, huh? Oh man, we like to have fun here. I'm and if you're looking to have off Packers pit takes for like three minutes, I need to make a pick, and then I'm I'm just gonna rifle some off for you guys and see. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people have been wondering hey, where you've been. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. Right. What, what should I do here? Dude, I, I honestly, uh, so Kendrick Bourne is very interesting. He's got high upside. He actually was metrically very good last year. Uh, Devin Duvernay is. I got to go very, quarterback, Johnny. I got to go oh, quarterback. Jameis or Wilson? Should, Jameis or Wilson? I would go Jameis. Yeah, Jameis, Jameis is probably the higher, higher upside player. player. Yeah. But Zach T Law with a little dog, love. Yeah. That's something Gen Z's excited. You got to you got to lead with you got to lead with like, hey, that's what I needed. I wasn't staring at your team the whole time, so. I'm sorry. I, my, I, I, my I cracked under pressure. Where'd Travis go? That happens. I think he cracked under pressure as well and has yeah. to relieve himself in the restroom in this <laughs> one here. But I'm looking at I'm, Johnny. I want to take a look, like an actual fantasy attack on this because we are 
mock drafting for the Whisper Listener League. And hey, Whisper Nation, if you are looking to be a part of the Whisper Listener League, we're going to be getting giving out raffle tickets between now and the draft, which will probably happen closer to the end of this month. We're going to be giving out raffle tickets for all kinds of random shit. Legit shit, random shit. It's just going to be oh, yeah. all yeah, over the Travis place on this. All did over we, did we show, Strofe was internet was going out when we gave away the last one. Check this one out. Yeah, dude, look at this. No way. Dude, is this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this your aunt, dude? Johnny, it's good to see your mom <laughs> chiming in. That's all. Yeah. Wow. So, so many jokes were made in the chat about who this was, but then Scott coming in saying that was his girlfriend. No. To watch our mouth. I and I don't lie. think it is because she called us sexy. Or maybe it is. It would make sense that if it was Scott's girlfriend, yeah, she would then yeah. call us sexy. But then she's you know, but, yeah. but Travi, I wouldn't take that as a compliment then because she probably doesn't know what a good looking man looks like, right? So uh, <laughs> I, the shots I mean, have been if, fired. If she's gonna call anybody sexy, it's Jersey Jay who needs to put on a jersey. Oh, there he right? is. Like, the guy needs Boom. to put on a jersey. Oh. I'm gonna call Jersey Jay. I guess he's in New Jersey. That makes gotta sense. Gotta look, dude. I just look, I know. I know Jersey Jay can get a little he can get a little out there. He's an acquired taste a lot of times. But this guy was number one in our YouTube membership. We launched that this week. He was the first guy to get in there. So shout out to Jersey Jay, Donnie Tubbs, Hannibal, Eric Lorenzen, and all these guys joining the YouTube membership. You guys can do that. Just click the join button. Five bucks a month. Custom emojis, custom badges. You're gonna get access to private Discord channels, uh, priority comments, all sorts of goodies in there. So and you know. It's actually, Support us living our dream. It's actually ch- cheaper than five dollars a month. It's four ninety nine. Wow, Look yeah. at, that's a special game time discount just yeah, for you guys. Yeah, there you go. Special one penny. For you one Rashad penny wow. away <laughs> for wow. one for one fewer cup of coffee. So, Johnny, I want to ask you this because you've been on this strategy here. We talked about drafting in dynasty in rookie drafts, and. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you of probably fade a kicker and a defense in your draft. Don't draft a kicker. Don't draft a defense. You know, if, 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 if that's the way your league is kind of set up and allow yourself to pick up more lotto tickets to let training camp roll through, you know, grab that third string running back who, if shit went down, he might have a, a real usable role on his NFL team and your fantasy team. Same thing with the wide receiver positions in their yep. perspective trajectories in this kind of format. I'm wondering, you know, I, I went ahead and I took Harrison Butker. I'm I'm reverting to old ways. I must be getting a little nervous, but I'm going with a high upside kicker, you know, who's, you know, plays for the Chiefs. The upside there is clear, but straight up, like he hasn't, it's it's still inconsistent. It's still sometimes tough to figure where they're going to go. I mean, Harrison Butker was the number one overall kicker three years ago. He was number 12 kicker last year, and he was the number 14 two years ago. So it's like, there's ranges to this. That suggests like, don't try to predict the kicker no. or some higher up, but, but that's the so, thing. It's like, you, so what should I have done? Should I have, should I have taken Butker here? Like I did or, or any high, high caliber kicker that you see, or should you be going for guys like Terrace Marshall, maybe, maybe uh, a Byron Pringle, maybe a Chris Evans on this. What do you think? Um, so I think it depends. Like if you would have went while you're fast, well, if you would have went Tyler uh, or is that's how you say his name, name right? Or did was that need to be? I'm I gonna, think I'm Bass is right. Bass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, if like I like him more as a kicker, <laughs> but normally here's what you whatever want. kicker you like. Bass whatever like ass. Like. Yeah. There you well, go. Here's the thing: if I'm picking a kicker, the general rule, like what you see, is you want an 
you want a team where the offense is is really good, but they struggle in the red area. And mm. I know like some people might be like, well, good but not really great. Pretty. Yeah, they're good but not great. So like think of like like the Arizona Cardinals. I gotta say it. Like the Arizona Cardinals, the reason why Prater is so good. Uh, oftentimes was because he that, that offense could move the ball between the 20s like it was nobody's business but then once team teams and defenses like tighten up in the red area they struggle to score points or when Hopkins went out so you want to look for teams like that it's like Cincinnati Bengals again like they had really good uh offense a lot of their touchdowns came from like home run hits but other than that they were able to move the ball often and they have a, a good strong kicker so like you look for those two things and that Daniel Carlson yeah so another good like, one. Raiders kicker yeah for like those Minnesota of us Vikings. that are for those of us that are still awake after Johnny's kicker dialogue here Hey, Scott's so, girlfriend came back with a reply. She is, in fact, Scott's girlfriend. No, Somebody has to keep oh, his ego in check. I swear. No, Y'all I are swear. so sexy. Dude, I was going to go down this route. I swear on anything. Scott, I was going to be like, what if she likes that we talk to Scott and like, like the way we, we love do. Scott. Oh, yeah, we, love Scott. we do love Scott. But, I think like, it gets, I think it gets a bad rap because we always pick on him, but we love Scott. No. We do love Scott. Well, he picks on like, us too. He does. Oh, absolutely. So we got to throw it back. Especially you walk right with a catcher's mitt in an empty yeah. hand. Catch that shit and throw it right back. <laughs> not you too catch. That was to say, like, Men are not actually friends unless they're rude, incredibly rude to each other, right? Like, it's not the old <laughs> At saying. At some but... phrase or like, yeah, yeah right. constantly. Yeah. At some phase yeah. in the relationship or constantly. Yeah. But um, hold on. I'm still blown away by the fact this is actually Scott's Scott's lady. Um <laughs> is this we got some time account? to flip. What are the odds? All right. Oh my God! Is it burner Scott? Account? Is it Scott? Squeak. He like found this. But sweet. Does she have the? Are those heart-shaped glasses? I can't tell. <laughs> no, day. those are great. I think they're aviators, right? Those are aviators. Amazing, Scott. Amazing. I, I wish you would bring too sweet, too too salty, whatever. What is it? Too sweet. I also. Sweet salty. I wish you'd bring her around more often. What's your name? It's like a finger. To... Sweet and salty, man. We love also, that. Also, I love the fact that, like, shout Scott. He'll, he's bringing his whole family around the show, which is great, but he does not share us with any league mates. Like, where's his mm, league mate? Yeah, part well, he doesn't. Mm. Yeah. He's in 40 like, leagues. Yeah, he's in 40 <laughs> leagues, dude. You could like, share it with 40 different leagues, Scott. We could dude, instantly. Could, you guys could kind of be though. like relatively famous. I mean, right. this I guy knows five hundred fantasy players. Yeah, right. well, let's let's saying. not let's not like give the all the keys to Scott because that's going to boost his ego even more. If he if he knows he holds the key to our stardom, uh, Travis, that could be bad. His ego is just like Aaron Rodgers. It's his, yeah, it's that's true, get, brother. It's, it's funny because he calls he says he hates Aaron Rodgers, calls him a douchebag, hates him. It's funny because they got know. a lot in common. Yeah, they're kind of closer. Austin, I, this pick was for you, my 15th uh, round pick here. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, Dude, I mean, honestly, is is uh, I'm just going to call him Batty. Is he actually somebody that the fantasy community should be giving a little more consideration to, given J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards not, not 100% right now? I would say yes, because he's a healthy body. The problem is, is he's a pass catching specialist and Lamar does not throw to running backs because uh, he'd rather scramble. So I just don't see a path where he's really going to pop for you unless both of those guys really are done, you know, even a month into the season. Um, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, the way Dobbins is trending, I feel like they're just being as cautious as possible and he'll be ready. 
Now, whether they scale him in with Gus Edwards, you know, they make that a bigger workload for both of them to start. I think that's smart. That's what they want to do. But I do think that both of those guys are probably going to be ready. Hey, Austin, I'm sorry. Who's ever controlling the chat? Can we please pull up Scott's most recent comment? Because somebody needs a golden ticket, I think. I think that's worth another golden ticket here. I think we'll we'll give her we'll give her another raffle here. I think another raffle ticket coming in. What you got? What you got? You're in. No, I know I'm in. Did I miss her first one? (laughs) Okay, see that presumption right there. You're out. You're out, dude. I'm I'm only signed up. You're out, Lafleur, dude. I'm talking. talking. (laughs) We did. She got one. We got her a ticket. When she, oh, yeah, she's got two now. Now she got two. Austin just gave her another one. Your second one. She called you sexy twice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could. I, the flash, I could flash it up again. I mean, is times. she? Well, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all here for it. Here, here's what I want. I, I do want to touch in on that. Uh, the Battier thing. He is Johnny confirming. Battier. You're still in. Tyler Battier. Maybe, yeah. So here's the thing. He is hey. Uh so he is he was really electric for you. Hold on. He was really electric in in college. He is very similar to like a Giovanni Bernard uh kind of type. He's very similar to think of um well now I'm forgetting his name that he played for the Cardinals and he was like the same build as as him. I'm just saying all he needs is opportunity. He's a small guy, but that works in the NFL, especially when we were playing with speed. We were playing with speed, and now I I will say is he's definitely a a pass catcher prowess, but the last year of college, in his college career, was no joke. He had 268 carries for 1,600 yards. Like that at Missouri, like that doesn't, that's not just a joke. That's not like me going out there, you know? Travi, we're coming to the he's end. He's 5'8", of- 197. Like, he's, right. he's a small dude. That's exactly like He's like you. a really at, small dude. Look at Giovanni Bernard. He's the exact same uh, shape. And actually, I think his player uh, comp is Gio. I mean, uh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. There are, there were a couple of smart. Well, <sighs> and how effective was Gio for your fantasy team? Like, are we? That, are he we, had a couple of good years. That's actually true. That's true. Are, are we, we were betting on the outliers here, or are we just betting? Like, I mean, I guess in this no, but this late, no, I'm not gonna. Yes, we're not we gonna are. pull hairs. Yes, we're not gonna pull straight. Look, I drafted him. So get off my back, dude. All right, I drafted him. What are you, you didn't draft him. If you would have liked him, if you would have liked him, Johnny, you would have drafted him. Did you ever have Andre Ellington on your fantasy team? Did you? Because yeah. he was the exact same player. Andre Ellington yeah. was 5'8", above Please 75. quit. You should keep the Gio Bernard comp. Don't go to the Andre Ellington comp. Why? So we That's are rapid. I mean, I mean, the, the pass catching guy, like Theo Riddick, was a guy who wasn't, like, super awesome. And then it's – now we've, we've got this Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, maybe Travis Etienne role that's forming. So the question is, when is somebody a Theo Riddick? And when is someone an Alvin Kamara? And where on that spectrum? Do oh, and how much is your quarterback? How much is your quarterback going to play? In I know. I'm strictly just saying, like, hey, if you know they do, in fact, something happens where they start both on the pup, then I do think that there could be a couple weeks where he could be a guy. 
uh, that gets you some kind of fancy production. So I'm I only talking it, about dude. it in like a 16. You're like the snake oil salesman. I'm just saying if if they're both out four and a half weeks no, and it's a like, Tuesday oh. and the waiver's dried up, Tyler Beatty could be a guy. I'm, I don't want you guys coming in being like, oh, Johnny is saying, oh, do Beatty and, and the fourth, <laughs> you know, because like that's what you guys are going to like change it to. Like, oh, Johnny was saying take him in the fourth. When that's not what I was saying. Johnny, you're the one who clips these out. We're, we're not making you say anything. Yeah, you, oh. Speaking of Johnny and the squad, oh. we've got our 16-teamer oh, wrapped All up. Right, Trock is back. loving your team Thanks, on this man. one. Here's what we're going to do on this one, boys. We're going to go ahead and break down our own teams just to walk through what we were thinking and what was involved in our build. Whisper Nation, you let us know if you like our team or if you don't like our team. Strofe is then going to pick the team that he thinks deserves the toast or the roast. And if he's got one of each, we're, we're pretty loose on limitations on this show. But we're going to then kick it over to our guest panelist to pick this draft's winner. And if he's got any other words that he'd like to share, hey, it's a it's a podcast show. There's space for that. But while Strofe is taking a look, we're going to start off with Johnny. We're going to go in inverse order here. Uh, he was drafting out of that spot. And which one was that? You're in the 12. 12 spot. Break it down for us, my man. So took my boy DeAndre Swift in the first, uh, then followed that up with Saquon Barkley, then Ezekiel Elliott, then A.J. Dillon. So I went four straight running backs to kick it off. Then I took Bateman in the fifth, and I paired him with uh, Tolbert all the way in the eighth. Um, And then I grabbed Zach Ertz in the sixth, Dak Prescott in the seventh, uh, and then my other, and then I also was able to grab Jacecki in the ninth, Hunter Henry in the tenth, TP, uh, TDP all the way in the eleventh, and then uh, these just late round kind of wide receivers that I somehow find rostering. Uh, DPJ Donovan Peoples Jones, I think he is interesting once uh, you know he gets back to Sean Watson, AJ Green, Terrence Marshall. Uh, and then Nick, I can never say his name, NWI, Nick Westbrook, and this is what most people Kine, know. Kine, Kine. I, I can never, I don't know his last name, so I'm, I'm mispronouncing We're just it. moving I'm on. It's your last pick. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> That's cool. But I do think that he could have some targets that come his way. Right. So but that that's my team. Ronald, we're with you. We're not going to have him rank his team. Nobody cares about yeah, how you no, rank your own yeah, team. Yeah. But we want. I wanted to get his breakdown a little bit so we knew what he was thinking. And the draft grades we present traditionally are championship contender in the playoffs, on the bubble, or outside looking in. Big Travi, when you take a look at Johnny Game Time's squad, what do you see? Oh, look in the fire. I mean, I think it's okay. Again, wide receivers are not something. I mean, that's just something I always look to when I'm doing these they grades. Stink. I, I creep, they yeah, stink. they're not good. They're not good. And uh, now Johnny has a track record somewhat of being able to find these waiver wide receivers. So maybe he's trusting in that ability. I like the rest of his team pretty, pretty well. Love the DeAndre Swift and, and Barkley pickups. Love Dylan. I can't decide on Zeke yet. Um, I'm in and out one day or the other, so I'll, I'll just kind of leave that for there. But it's his third running back, so that's fine. Um, yeah, the rest of the team's solid. Zach Ertz in a PPR, I think it's going to smash. Dak Prescott, you're getting great value on Dak Prescott this year. Um, so, yeah, he put together a, a squad. I think I'll say on the bubble to playoff, somewhere in there. I think it's I think it's a good enough team. The wide receivers scare me, but there's so many flexes. He, he doesn't even have to start them. 
Yeah. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you on that one here. I'm a little bit concerned by some of the 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 the, the heavy emphasis on the running back position. But if it works, it's good. And if Pre- I see Prescott being the make or break for this squad. If Dak Prescott's an elite QB, I think your team flies given how tough it is to build a full strong roster here. But if Prescott's kind of in that middle middle range, um, that could have been a yeah a tough one here. So what about yeah, you, like- Stro? What's yeah. your what's your grade on yours? It's a playoff team. Uh, we're talking Johnny's yet, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's a playoff team, right? The running back position super deep, obviously going there with the first four rounds. But as you guys have harped on, the, the wide receiver position is just kind of stinky, Johnny. No offense, yeah. buddy. You did good otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I like Bateman. I've heard he's been making good improvements. Like, But again, it's training camp. How much can you take away from that? <laughs> right. But he'll be a top target there. But then you go Jalen Tolbert is, is number two. You got to start two of them, brother. I mean, are we starting Jalen Tolbert week one? Oh, well, yeah, I no. am, dude. He's going to be rookie of the year for wide receivers. I, I, I love I love the confidence. Uh, you, that's something you've always exuded, which I which I very yeah. much envy because you're so overconfident in your shitty <laughs> roster every single year. But I respect it, Johnny. Wow. Uh, but it's a playoff roster for sure. You're, it's, it's super solid. I, wide receiver is the only knock. And I do it. Speaking of strong on this one, I do want to give a shout out to Jersey J. We love you, Jersey J. You are the man, and we love your profile picture coming in here. And we appreciate uh, the good times that we get to have. And sorry if we did if we did poke you too hard on this one. No, I, very, what, very, I need to know what Connor's talking about. No, yeah, might have been. He just tells me. I don't. I think he might be messing with with Ron or somebody. He might be being sarcastic. Well, but either way. Trav, you want to break down your squad here for us working from right to left. You're in the eighth spot. You took Austin Eckler there to start. Break it down for us. Yeah, I went, uh, wanted to go a little bit RB, like maybe RB hero, modified RB robust, just two in the first because we're only starting one of them. Uh, Eckler and Fournette then went James Cook in the seventh, Gainwell in the ninth, McKinnon in the in the twelfth, um, Tyler Beatty in the fifteenth, and then Eno Benjamin in the sixteenth. Um, wide receiver, I went Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, KJ Osborne, Romeo Dubs, and Van Jefferson. Um, look, I'm not very confident in these wide receivers, but uh, I think that by week four, five, or six, this wide receiving core could be dangerous. So that's what I'm kind of hoping to float that that long. And then the tight end was Alberto. I'll probably pick up uh, another one, you know, drop some of these scrubs down here. And then Kyler Murray in the third. Uh, that was just, you know, kind of a pivot. I had come in saying I wanted to wait on quarterback, but I did not like wide receiver or tight end in the third at 3.9. So went with Kyler Murray. Man, if those wide receivers come back healthy, if this team is just going to smash Travis. And if they – and it's obviously, you know, they, well, see, you, you, you were there the big one, thing two, was – six. I think Thomas can be an actual, like, anchor. If he's healthy – like, especially oh, now you're on board, huh? I mean, I'm just saying if he's healthy, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. And right now he's running and they're like, there's no pup. And like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's clapping back at, at, uh, you know, at, uh, at media members. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a good sign, but yeah, I do too. It seems like there's been something that's clicked. Something is different with Michael yeah. Thomas and I don't just think it's his ankle. So, uh. All right, Strofe, is this team a championship contender in the playoffs, on the bubble, or the outside looking in? 
Oh, that's tough. Um, it is I'm tough gonna, on this I'm, one. I'm, I'm going to go in the playoffs, but it's 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 a narrow playoff make. Now, uh, I really like the the top end of the draft, right? Eckler and the Fournette and the Murray. I'm cool with that. As we just mentioned with Mike Thomas, I do like his value this year, especially as a fourth round pick in a 16 team t- 16 team league. But um, I can't get over the fact, and I know this isn't a big deal, but 25 percent of your roster is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Welcome aboard, baby. Yeah, and three of them are projected starters, obviously, in 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 uh, Hopkins, Moore, and and obviously Kyler Murray at quarterback. But um, so if they have a stinky week, you're probably gonna have a stinky week, Travi. But uh, lucky for you, I don't know how stinky they'll be this year. So I like the team. I, I think it's borderline playoff, if not uh, well in there, depending on how the Cardinals do this year. What I like about the Cardinals is the stinky part of their team is probably going to be the defense. And that Ooh. should mean a lot more passing for these Cardinals. So I'm in on that. You're what such do you a pro, dude. That was well done. <laughs> Thank you. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I think this is a, I think this is a playoff team. Uh, a little concerned on the tight end, but, I mean, he could probably stream or try to trade for one. I do think – well, and obviously, again, I – the one thing is like I don't I'm more confident in Michael Thomas and like what he'll bring this year than I am Chris Godwin. I think with them adding Julio, I think with Gage there, uh, I think that there it's you know there's going to be um, yeah there's competition. I think my thing with Godwin is he's the youngest, probably the best point in his career right now. So yeah, the injury's a thing for sure. I could get that. Yeah, uh, and, yeah and, he's but he's not, the, yeah, he's, he's not on the. He's not on the pup. He's not on the yeah, pup. But, uh, he's not on okay, the pup. But, all right. Yeah, other guys are on the pup that have a similar injury later than them, you know, or earlier than them. They're on the pup, so he's not. Um, so again, this team for me is like by definition on the bubble. And if this team makes it into the playoffs, it's a championship favorite. It just needs to get to that point of getting into the playoffs because Hopkins and Godwin, I know we're saying Godwin's off the pup. I'm still leaning on Dr. Edwin Porras, the doctor of physical therapy who came in, who said it's just not enough time for an injury of this level to be fully healed. If it's not fully healed, he's not fully healthy. If he's not fully healthy, he's not as good as he could be. If he's not as good as he could be, him being the best or second best wide receiver on that team is in question. Russell Gage is coming in good. Julio Jones is Julio. Thank you, Chelsea. Love this. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that gives me pause on here. Michael Thomas, he hasn't played football in a couple of years. So if these guys click in and they're there and you make the playoffs, this team is steamrolling. Um, otherwise, you're going to have to rely a little bit on Moore and Osborne, the other guys you said, which isn't bad. And I really like the top half of the build, too. So I think it's actually really cool, Travi. Fun, fun way to put it together. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Cool guys. Well, how about really Alex Strove cool. shows us how cool of a draft he was able to put together? Oh, uh, sure. neat. Austin Sears, the coolest human being on planet Earth. I don't know if we've gone over that yet. Are we talking about your team or my team? Your, your team. team. Oh, because I have your team highlighted. That's why that's an issue. <laughs> um, well, let's go with this. It stinks. Um, stinky. Stinky. Speaking of stinky, Travi, let's talk about my team. Um, Look, I, I was fucking around with Mixon in the first round. I probably should have gone Eckler, but it is what it is. I still like Cincinnati Glad you offense. Didn't. I, I know you are. Um, I like A.J. Brown this year, guys. I, I don't know why it is. I love Philadelphia's opportunity. He's a dog. He's, I think they're going to win a lot of games this year, guys. Like, I'm talking a lot of games for Philly. Um, and, I, and he's a dog, as, as Travi yeah. just so eloquently put it. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see what kind of connection him and Hurts have, but I'm high on both those guys this year. So I was happy with that pick. I like Cam Akers. 
Um, obviously, we'll see what happens with the Achilles. Hopefully, it's not too bad, bad of a setback. But he is RB number two. And with the ability to only have to start one, right, obviously, uh, in this league, that helps. Uh, went Darren Waller in the fourth. Love that. Uh, this, my, this is where my internet crashed, though, fellas. Is yeah. five. <laughs> right after I got done dunking and dumping on CEH, I auto yeah. CEH. Oh, man, that was karma. That was karma. It was all downhill from there. We um, know he was number one on your uh, in your queue. Um, I, I only drafted Robbie Anderson because he changed how we spell his name. That's the only reason I picked him. <laughs> He's a thoughtful dude. He's a thoughtful guy. Um, I liked R-O-B-B-Y. We'll see how I how I like R-O-B-B-I-E, but that could be a, <laughs> kind of a kind of a steal late, depending on Game how the offense looks. Um, so yeah, overall, my team's probably the worst of our uh, of, the, of the four of us. Uh, but then again, it could be a sneaky good team depending on a couple of how those guys play out, right? Like there's a lot of expectation yeah. for Las Vegas with Devontae Adams being added to that. Does that actually help Darren Waller? There's an argument to be yeah. made there. So um, yeah, and then Tyler Lockett in the sixth, it w- was another you know deep value pick in my eyes. But again, it kind of depends on how Drew Locke sinks or swims in that offensive system. So. Overall, it's fine. Uh, uh, there's a lot of question marks, though, and I think I got the most most uh, unique sounds from Sleeper telling me that I that I suck. So it was it was a really fun experience for my first mock draft of the year, guys. Hey, nice, Johnny. What do you think well about done. Stroh Squad? Rip at the shreds, Johnny. No, no. I think for the first time, you know, having a first timer out here, uh, I think you did pretty well, um, considering like you didn't know where guys were going to fall so like other you say than, yeah. first timer you owe him bets no. from losing to him in fantasy. oh yeah let's, let's yeah. keep that no mind, i buddy. said first for this year dude this, it said, is my first mock because uh, yes. I've been joining oh, I was not saying any, wow keep up wow. we are sorry johnny but pay up your bets unbelievable <laughs> I, 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 oh i will do it first of all I was going, what I was going to say is like, I wasn't going to do it when he wasn't on the mock draft marathon. Thank you. I wanted to do it when he was there. So I am mm-hmm. trying to figure out. And then by the way, and then I looks couldn't... like you're in your house, not on a street corner with a sign that says he's sucking no. fantasy football. <laughs> right. That's none of my business. Yeah, yeah. No. So that is the uh, thing is like, I couldn't do it within like the short span uh, that we had shortly. And I got sick last week. So hope you're okay. It's coming. I'll be doing it. Don't worry. But as far as like this team, I, I, I I am a little worried. I do think that you (laughs) might be on the outside, you know, trying to scrape in. But like I said, I do like some of these pieces um, and you kind of protect yourself on certain areas like Cam Akers. You did protect yourself by getting, you know, even if you don't like CH or not a fan of uh, you did get Damian Harris, which like, and then you got Michael Carter. So you have like enough there, you know, to kind of throw swords at, at, the dartboard uh per se but you know i i think the wide receivers would have to work out in your favor in order for you to get in but it it is doable so i'd say outside looking in at what are you trying? um i'm not gonna lie i was not paying attention because i was giving away raffle tickets behind the scenes <laughs> wow. uh let's see strofe i don't really like the quarterbacks Dude. i don't really like waller as much this year I think it's on the outside looking in if I just like scanning it quickly. I love AJ Brown too. I'm having a hard time convincing myself of taking AJ Brown as my first wide receiver just because of a low volume passing attack, other weapons in that low volume passing attack that Hertz has a history with. 
Maybe there's like a wide receiver one like a Mike Evans could be a little bit like of a yeah, I think like he's gonna have spike weeks. He's a great best ball guy. I just don't know about consistently going for him this year as your anchor wide receiver, but could be wrong. And then your wide receiver two is Tyler Lockett. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like the Seahawks are gonna be god awful. And if I'm taking anybody on zero on the, touchdown, if, if, yeah, if I if I well, maybe 37, but if I take yeah. anybody at the wide receiver court, it's DK Metcalf, and and I'm not, I haven't been taking a ton of him, um, so yeah, I think it's on the outside looking in. I, I just want, don't love Max Travis. Yeah, I don't love it. So I want to throw, throw a little bit more love to Tyler Lockett because I've like I've had no love for Tyler Lockett like ever, and because of how much I haven't liked Tyler Lockett and yet I continually watch him finish as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Even last year in standard formats, Tyler Lockett was a wide receiver one. He was the number 10 overall wide receiver. Tyler Lockett was last year in a season that had a banged up, busted Russell Wilson and Geno Smith throwing the rock. Tyler Lockett was still the number 10 overall wide receiver in standard leagues. So do I think he's going to be like good? Actually, like... Overall, it, overall, when it all balances out, like he's probably going to be a back-end wide receiver, too. You look at the games he played with Geno Smith, he did still have some of those moments. It's going to be a bang. It's going to be a bang and bust type of, of year, ups and downs. I, I've just spoken ill on Tyler Lockett for so many years, and he just keeps doing what he's done. And he's still – he's 29. Like he's not at that cliff yet for me. I, so I'm, 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 I, I just have to throw a little bit out there. And this is mainly for me because of how much shit I've talked about Tyler Lockett. But to Alex's Strove's team, it's an on-the-bubble team for me. I really like the upside plays here of Brown, Waller, even Lockett as a deeper down one, um, even as Cam Akers. If some of these pieces hit, it's going to be it's going to be really nice. Like AJ Brown should AJ Brown could be a top five wide receiver. Tyler Lockett could be a high end wide receiver too with some upside. Julio Jones, like shit. There's there is a world where Julio Jones does something really really cool. The way yeah. Terrell Owens did something really really cool, as Johnny had mentioned before. Do I think it's likely? No, that's why it's on the bubble. But I, I, I you got to take risks in a sixteen teamer, and here we are. You guys are I just so nice. Say, you guys I want to say one so more nice. team. I want to say one more thing. Like, CEH, like, I know it's fun to dunk on CEH and say that he sucks and, like, he's a bust and all this stuff. CEH still has, like, 10 to 15 touchdowns well within his range of outcomes. All he, like, in that offense, that's well within his range of outcomes. You can't deny it. Um, you guys are both love drunk uh, right now. You guys are just spewing some love for players that shouldn't be getting any love. I do <laughs> appreciate that, though. I mean, I'm saying, like, there's a reason why CH is in the fifth round. Like I'm not, I'm not loving yeah, CH. People are wrong. That's the whole thing. It's like people could be wrong, but like that's. What I are you know. saying? I, I well, what I was yeah, saying, like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't talking well, shit on CH, which is why how no, I ended. Yeah, well, that's how I started no, it. It's is, fun and it's yeah. easy to dunk on CH, but the other case here is that that dude actually does have double digit touchdown upside. Plain right. and simple. If the gallbladder was real it? and if Ronald Jones isn't great, this is an incredible offense where CEH is going to get the first shot to be the lead back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I guess if you're painting any, you know. Paint Bob us a picture. Ross, if you're painting with Bob Ross, I guess you, what you guys are saying is, is true right now. That, you know, these accidents that you'll turn Look, into. I, I can get mistakes. like fading CEH and taking Rojo la- later, right? I get it. The, the logic's there. I'm just saying. The well, path is like clearer. This, the ADP speaks. The path is clearer for CH. It really is. He's a pass catcher. Ah. Like, that's what they drafted him to be. 
The ADP is saying what it is. Now, is Rojo a decent ad later? Yes. But is he going to be an all-around back ever on this team? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Because even if Rojo, like CH goes down, Rojo wins the job, is the goal line back, that's going to have value. That'll be good. They're probably still mixing in Jarek McKinnon or somebody else on passing. Oh, back. for sure. They're oh, they definitely yeah. going to be doing that. But CH is- could win the entire role. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what that's why he's being taken higher. Because he has it within his range of outcomes to win the job outright. But mm. he doesn't because he's not that, that talented of a res- he's not that talented of a running back. That's the whole thing is he can't time. just and also that goes against what Andy Reid does for offenses. He Correct. does not do that to his running back. So he now you're both. asking Johnny. No, he doesn't. Yes, he, he does. does. If he has an elite running back, he no, absolutely he does. does. Yes, he, he does. He did it one time with Kareem Hunt, and that was because what about Kareem Jamal Charles? Only- what about Sean McCoy? Brian those Westbrook. are not his. Those what? are not his players. Okay, but they played for different what? teams than Andy Reid. Yes. When did it? When what? did Jamal Charles play for Andy Reid? When he was on the Chiefs with Alex Smith. Okay, he, I guarantee you, if you look back, he was definitely sharing time. It was not. Do my own not research. Just, I'm just, there's there's some overlap. The there's some overlap. He didn't draft him. Jamal Charles wasn't drafted yeah, under Jamal the Andy Charles Reid regime, was, but he was coached by Andy Reid. I don't know right? if that's true. I don't think that's true. But I'll look it up right now because I Here don't we think go. Jamal Charles, of course. And Lashawn McCoy is an example, and so is Kareem Hunt. But I think do it. What about the other guys we mentioned? Brian Westbrook or Kareem Hunt or Lashawn McCoy? He shared time. Oh, to the tune of 60%. Like, he got like 60% of the snap, right? back. I'm saying you are expecting – what you are expecting is not a realistic outcome. That is what I'm saying. You are you – are, which is why he's in the yeah, it would just it would be like saying like yes we could say anything about any player is what I'm getting at but in order for that to happen you have to t- say like five different things would have to line up and it's like sure no. all five he things just has to be good up, you know that there's one thing oh, he has, to, he be has good. to be he's good he's the starter now we just well, hold on. finally it's not good thank hold you. on so, hold on what happened to him last year Johnny what was the reports of of Clyde Edwards Lair's medical situation what was the reports of his medical situation like that what's the reports of his medical? Okay, do we give other people <laughs> what was what was Baker Mayfield's uh, medical condition? Yeah, we don't give him a pass. We give and him some broken yeah, shoulder. Nobody's we giving Ch a pass. We're drafting him in the fucking fifth round. That is what I'm saying. And Baker if Mayfield we, absolutely we not, gets a pass. If we were giving him a pass, Johnny, we injured. We were giving him a pass. Was giving him a We'd be drafting him where we took Cam Akers. That's what we would be doing. If we were giving no, him a pass, because he is not good, he is not a good running back. He was an RB two his rookie year. He had his gallbladder removed and was down to reportedly 160 pounds in year two. He plays for one of the best offenses in the NFL, where he's the lead dog. His deeper is metrics the, haven't been horrible. Like, there has been nothing reportedly there, so far. Yeah, I don't know. I I saw a sleeper report that Ronald Jones was going. Did to you read that? Rushing. Did you read that? Yes, I clicked it's on it. If he had a great camp. He yeah. could win the job. That's the story right. for every fucking player. Like you got to the context the matters is, here. Okay. But Quick that, question okay, here: so Who do you like more, was... Clyde Edwards-Helaire or Miles Sanders? You're on the clock. I'm taking Ceh. If I'm on the clock, sure. I didn't know. So who I'd be you like, I'm taking wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ceh or Miles Sanders? You got to take one. If you have to take one of those two, you're going to take Ceh because Miles Sanders absolutely is like has no shot of. 
having any upside. Well, which I, CH does have a chance of having upside at least. Oh, which but is I got to get my Sith Jeff ready here. I got to get this. That's one out. the whole on. point I just that's made. Like, I'm glad we could go full circle here. But again, I said it's George, fun and easy to dunk on CEH, but he does have a path to double-digit touchdowns. That's what I said. And oh, so, I don't. I mean, that's and that's scene. Nice job, everybody. <laughs> there it was. I was a little late on that one, but I had to bring that one out. Well, there. That's a great back and forth here. Now I'm up last here. I've got my team here. Got to break this one down before we have Strove. Pick us that. a winner out of oh, Whisper man. Nation. Not not our not our team, Strove. So everybody yep. who's not been on the panel, but I'll break mine down, and then you guys give me a grade on this one, and then we're gonna have Strove pick the overall winner, and that overall winner is going to be receiving a raffle ticket for the Whisper Listener League. That's right. We've got one spot open. That person is going to be getting one raffle ticket. But let me break my squad down here. I had the 101. I took Jonathan Taylor. Moving into the second round, I was looking at Brees Hall. I see him as a potential cornerstone for your fantasy team. This is a guy who can win you weeks, can do uh, his value over the replacement is high. Uh, Travis Etienne, I find in that category as well. He's been getting good reports out of camp. His skill set is one of a DeAndre Swift, of an Aaron Jones, of an Austin Eckler. It could happen. That's what they got him there to do. We'll see. Gambling on him. Third round reversal kicks in. Coming back then, Terry McLaurin is my wide receiver one taken off the board. I like his prospects this year. I'm just working through the rest of my wide receivers. Traylon Burks, he's my favorite rookie wide receiver from an opportunity and production year one standpoint. Uh, Paris Campbell, wide receiver three, appreciating the reports out of camp. He's healthy right now. He's been staying healthy. Uh, he could be the number two option behind um, uh, Pittman. Pittman, thank you. Mine went blank on this one. Uh, I like Campbell's opportunity and skill set. Curtis Samuel, I think is a fun deep sleeper, especially in a league like this. Uh, Cedric Wilson, fine opportunity-based play over there in wide receiver in Miami as a wide receiver three. Uh, the rest of the running backs behind Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne picked up Tony Pollard, uh, who we're expecting to have some standalone value. And then if Ezekiel Elliott has any type of regression, injury, or benching, then Pollard's going to fly. The next three picks here, Pierce, Algier, and Mac, are kind of those like mid-level possible upside, depending on the opportunity they get. Rookie running backs, and then Marlon Mack is just that handcuff. And I was a little bit influenced by the Podfather on yesterday's show talking about the dual backfield appeal of Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce. I like Damian Pierce as a rookie, like you know, is those like mid-level rookies. He could have it happen. I hear he squats a lot. Same thing with Tyler Algier. Give it to me. You know, this could just be another Mike Davis who's the lead running back for the Atlanta Falcons. But give me that new new. Give me that mystery box. We'll see if Algier can be anything special. You got to take a bit of a gamble on this. And that's what I did. Justin Fields as a second quarterback. And then Johnny Smith and Kyle Rudolph as a couple of tight ends. You'll see. You'll see. You'll Travis, what do you think? I like this team. I think for the first six rounds, you just got a bunch of dogs. Like, it's just like the dog pound, dude. Jonathan Taylor, ETN, Hurts. I love McLaurin. Like, I haven't been really drafting a ton of McLaurin, but you got to love him. Like, talent-wise, he's the, he's the shit. And if we're, you know, if we're, we're <laughs> we got to make the case, like, Wentz is the best quarterback he's ever played with, even though that's kind of gross to say. Tony Pollard, I love the upside. Burks, I'm in on now that we've seen him play real football. The asthma's not an issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think 
maybe in this format where we're starting the four flexes and the running backs when you're only starting one and you went running back heavy the one caveat i could say is drafting both those houston backs kind of maybe maybe hamstrings you a little bit um because you couldn't probably start both of them on an ideal week but uh i think that's not enough to overtake i think this is a playoff team and i think it could be a, a real contender if everything hits right strofe any words what's your ranking it's a championship contender, sir. Hey, I'll take it. Here, pal. Um, as Travi just alluded to, I think the first five rounds you drafted a bunch of dogs. Uh, but then you went rookie, 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 which I thought was really interesting. And, and you heard my harp on rookies earlier. It kind of seemed to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here because I could be totally off base, hmm. but it kind of seemed to me like you're throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks, right? Your, your hope is one of these three rookies really hits. Uh, we see yep. a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase-type breakout season. And what from one of these three, very possible. So I don't hate it, right? Like, but I think I think the floor is a lot lower for these sixth, seventh round or sixth, seventh, eighth round picks than maybe a ceiling for your average sixth, seventh, eighth round pick. But I, I think one of them hits is if it's Burks, yeah, you're in luck. If it's not, then your second wideout is Paris Campbell, and I don't know how confident you're feeling about that. Yeah. So outside of that wide receiver two slot. I love this team. I think you crushed it. Um, and especially late, hopefully by the time we get to the playoffs, Traylon Burks is playing like a, a wide receiver too. So uh, yeah. that's the only question mark here. I love it. I think it's the best roster we've looked at yet. I, I appreciate that. What about you, Johnny? What's my ranking? Yeah, I, th- I think you're in the playoffs with this team. Um, yeah, I, w- I would go playoffs. I am a little concerned with like you, you have a good, I mean, if your guys hit on weeks like together, obviously you have a high ceiling, but I think the floor starting out could be a little low. Um, but then I think you would pick it up because I, I mean, I do like some of these rookies, but it might take some time to get in slash. It might take a couple of weeks to figure out, you know, how these backfields are playing out. Um, and so, you know, depending on that and a 16 teamer, it could be hard to fight back from. But again, I think that, um, you know, you would hit a stride and probably end up making the playoffs with this team. Yeah, McLaurin and Taylor are my only two players with real strong floors, I'd argue. And uh, I like the ceiling of everybody else, but like, yeah. everybody else's floor is low. Right. I don't I don't think they're going to hit their floor, but it is low outside. Right. So I'd yeah. agree with that. Appreciate those breakdowns and appreciate drafting with everybody here in yeah. Whisper Nation for episode 300. 300. Before we close out the show, we're going to have Alex Strove pick his winner of everybody else who is not a part of this panel. Strofe, did you see a team here that stood out to you a little bit more than all of the rest? Yeah, I did, and it's in a negative way to begin, Austin. I would like to start with my roast. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the wide wide receiver depth, but you can't draft six of them in the first seven rounds. I'm looking at Gatorators, right? Oh. I, I love Justin Jefferson. I love Keenan Allen. I love Jalen Waddle. I love Jerry Judy. I really like Garrett Wilson of the rookie class. I like Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. But you can't have Isaiah Spiller, a 20-year-old rookie, as your top running back, as your only mm-hmm. running back. So uh, that just scares me. Obviously, the flex play for all those wide receivers is high. Uh, but Trey Lance is your starting quarterback. And, and you know, I, I get the height. I, I do, especially from a fantasy standpoint. But let's keep in mind, this is a six-point touchdown passing league as yeah. well. So yeah. you're getting equal Fact. amount for rushing it and, and passing. So I don't love Trey Lance in the fifth round uh, as your starting quarterback. 
and then Ryan Tannehill on the 15th is your backup. Uh, I'm going to roast Gatorators. I like, I, I really love the wide receivers, but you might, if you go out and you trade like a magician, then maybe you set yourself up for some really great success, but a nice outing by, by everybody here. And, and it was tough to pick a roast, but you dude, know, this man. is the nicest I, roast I've ever heard in my life, dude. Yeah. Come on, Alex. He's well, just such a nice, wholesome Midwest man. See, I was just about to say I needed to be kind of an asshole, which I wasn't yeah. even asked to do. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I appreciate you calling me a nice asshole. That's, that's yeah, the yeah. I've been called that. Uh, I want to, I want to <laughs> give my toast now. Yes, uh, please do. And this would be to not Hope only a guy better. named, not even a guy named Michael, not even a guy named Mike. His name is Classic Mike. Oh, here we Classic Mike, our boy. Classic Mike, knocking it out of the park in the first two rounds. Najee Harris, Javante Williams, mid-second round is an absolute steal. Uh, Even though you only got to start one running back in this league, obviously you can throw him in the flex. Uh, I like Sutton. Don't love Sutton, but you came back around and grabbed Juju Smith-Schuster, which I think at the very least – You've got a you've got a really good opportunity there. Is this guy a Broncos fan? Because three Broncos in the first five rounds is is ballsy. But I, I really wanted to say this when I toasted Bronco Nation. Let's ride. Oh, dude. Uh, and then Al That's Lazard right. the six is what won me over. He got a, he got a number one wide receiver in the sixth round. I mean, yeah. and I'm not talking WR one in terms of fantasy value. I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. number one in terms of depth chart. But I, I love the opportunity as we talked about a bit earlier with him. Um, and Singletary and Henderson back-to-back. I, as I mentioned a bit earlier while we were drafting, I love the Jarvis Landry pick in the ninth. Uh, so overall, really impressed with that. And then two flyers, Leighton, Devin DuVernay, and, and, and LaVisca Ch- Chenault. Uh, so I'm all in on Classic Mike. I've got a golden ticket. Yeah, you do, Classic Mike. Welcome to the raffle, wow. baby. Yeah, baby. Wow, look at he, that. He even got the Broncos defense. Just had to throw it out there. So oh, they're riding on this last yeah. round, round six. Picked him up there too, but I agree with you, man. I think this is a really solid squad. Classic Mike with another classic performance. Thoughtful draft. He still has some upside there, but a, a, a good floor, good base. I, I don't see any reaches or anything weird. Travi Johnny, any other points here with Classic Mike's? Nope, good team. Yeah. And he said he he, he was uh, a yeah. pretty invested in the Broncos. But as we've talked about, the AFC West something to be invested in with so many sh- projected shootouts this year. A lot of points concentrated in that division. So don't mind it. Well, Alex Strofe, it is always a joy. I mean, you we we talk about friends of the show. You're just a friend of ours, just a friend of life, and we are always blessed to have you on the show. Let the folks know. I know you, you you obviously work for ESPN, but if you have any work you'd like folks to be paying attention to or just let the people know where they can catch you. We know we've had some people who really enjoyed having you on the show. Any plot, they can check you out um, and catch you and see what you're doing. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's right here, at Alex underscore Strofe. That's where I'm most active. Um, and then I, I'm on the air all the time at ESPN Madison if you're in Wisconsin. Otherwise, you can catch us on the ESPN app. Go to live radio, ESPN Madison. I do all sorts of stuff there. Uh, if you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, that's what I do a lot of. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> the one thing I do want to ask all of you watching this is to continue to support these guys because they are fucking terrific at their craft. That uh, They are just so amazing, amazing human beings. They've been my friends for multiple years now. Episode 300, I need to throw some more confetti. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so grateful every time you guys uh, ask me to come on and, and and hang out. You know, I'm always happy to do it, always happy to kick back a few beers with you guys and and talk fantasy football. We get to do it here in another couple of weeks when we have the uh, the Listener League draft. But seriously, guys, so cool to be a part of episode 300. And, uh, and cheers to 300 more, fellas. Let's do it. There. Appreciate you, Alex. Love you, Alex. Thanks, brother. Love you guys.
Travi, any closing words? Uh, no, man. We're uh, rocking and rolling. Hayden Winks on Thursday from Underdog. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Turn those notifications on. We'll be live Thursday. Thank you for 300 episodes, yeah. probably more, but that's the official count. We love Whisper Nation, and we do it for all of you. And just appreciate that we get the opportunity to get on here and talk ball with our best friends. So it's amazing. Johnny, appreciate you guys work. so much. We're just getting started, Whisper Nation. We're growing. Let's go. Let's go. It's going to be an awesome season. Johnny, Travis, Alex, I love you guys very much. Whisper Nation, I love you so much, and there's not a thing you could do about it. On behalf of Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travis, I'm Austin Sierra with the Fantasy Whispers. We're out of here. Peace. 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 Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.